Welcome back to another episode of PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast, a buffet of play, therapies, movement, exercises, activities, and leisure, all top with a hard conversation of the physical therapy profession and practice. I am Johan. Halinat kumain. So, hello again. I know I'm behind in releasing new episodes. I do apologize. But I still want to thank everyone who has been listening to the previous episodes, those who are new to the podcast, and those who are just catching up. So thank you for all your support. For today's uh, episode, we are going to look back to previous uh, conversations with some of the wonderful women we had in the show as we celebrate International Women's Day last March 8th. Here are some highlights from Catherine Esquadra about evidence and mentors, Lily Wells on pelvic health and traits to have to succeed as a physical therapist, and Ange Boras on becoming a sports PT and being a female physical therapist in sports. So, let's go on with the show. How do you, for, for students who have a hard time grasping concepts like that, how do you make it easy for them? Um, siguro po, one of the things that I have learned in graduate school is that you have to teach it how you learn it. Okay. So, so usually kasi every time I I read or learn something new, to be honest, hindi ko siya mamememorize if I don't understand it. So, ganon. So, as much as possible, every time I I I teach niya, it's how I really learned it. And as I mentioned a while ago, ano kasi ako, medyo ma-algorithm ako. So, if you would look at my lessons, mayroong, okay, step one, okay, where? Where will you start? Step two, yeah, yeah, step three. Medyo ganon. Ganon. Ang so ganon talaga. Medyo ganon ako. So that's why, siguro ganon. Yun yung reason bakit ko siya nagustuhan. And that's how I teach it again. Right. Pero you also said before, I, I don't know if it was you, but I read somewhere before na uh, even parang if something doesn't have... um what do you call this? A proof of effectivity doesn't mean that it's not effective. Ay, oo. Tama ba? Tama ba? Hindi ba sinabi mo before yun yes, eh? Yes, yes. Uh, so kahit wala pa siyang proof ngayon? It doesn't mean na uh, it's not true. Parang I think the exact uh-oh. one was the absence of evidence doesn't necessarily mean that it's not effective. Right, right. So ganun pa rin ang paniniwala. It's, it's, even if there is no evidence, we try to decipher why it works or yes. why it doesn't work. Yes. Because, mm. well, siguro iba-iba lang rin yung pananaw. But again, mm. different things will work for different people, for different mm-hmm. settings, for different timelines. So, yun. Right. It's your ability to, yun nga, critically appraise, to critically analyze. Yun naman yung importante. Mm-hmm. So, it's not, so research methods really teach you a lot Frame more on uh, reasoning talaga siya and discerning and deciphering. Yes. Nice! <laughs> Who do you consider as your uh, uh, mentor or role model? Naka number one ko na mentor, I think Sige. it would be, I think most of people know this naman po, it's Dr. Cheryl Peralta, my professors, mm-hmm. uh, one of my professors in uh in CRS before she was the one who re- she, she, she was one of the persons who really encouraged me to pursue research to pursue academics po and then mm-hmm. nung nagsa-start na ako 
mag-work, um, Dean Anna Seron, uh, Sir Donald Departo, Sir Donald Manlapas. Um, I also have, I'm very fortunate because because since I was part of APPTS, um, I also had an opportunity to be mentored by um, Gaylene Manalang of UP of UP College of Public Health. Okay? And then yung mga ibang officers na rin for PPTA. So, madami po talaga. So, madami talaga. Yes, sir. So, so yung advantage ko for being part <laughs> of the organization, I got to meet really cool people na uh-huh. very inspiring. So, yun po. Yes, So, doon sa mga mentors na na-mention mo, what do you feel is their like collective trait that you um that inspired you or probably you aspire nice. to be parang na so siguro po ano their their decision to be involved with things na ayo may involve ng mga tao kasi po if you would look at them um they are working in the academy and not all people like to work in the academy they're also Correct. very active with oh kaya siguro ako napunta dito no they're also very interested they're also helping out with uh, for example guidelines that would mm-hmm. help the private institutions and the public institutions po so for example for ched for prc they're active mm-hmm. about those things and siguro yun po yung pinaka natuwa ako and kasi not all people would step up po eh, to be involved right. with those kinds of things although toxic siya but seeing mm-hmm that other people would like to be involved uh, somehow made me realize na oh these inf- these things these issues are also important and kailangan nandun din na, nandun rin ako and may maitulong lang din may maitulong rin ako yun nga yolo sabi nila ang yolo ko yeah. is yun you have to be involved in as much as possible to help out kung ano man yung kaya mo maitulong so siguro yun po they are involved and as much as possible well, they really help a lot of people. That's why, yeah, mm. siguro yun nga po. Oh, I see. So, yeah, involvement takes a lot of courage kasi sometimes yes, you'd be put in a position yes, na naman. you're not comfortable with but you still yes, do it. I agree with that. Kasi you, you want to yeah. do it. So, it takes really a lot yes. of courage. Okay, so well, last question. Sir, wait lang. Oh, go. Dugtugan oh, go. ko yan. Go, go. <laughs> Dugtugan ko yan. Pero, yan nga. Kuren naman, uh, I have a fear before nung pagiging involved. Ang sabi ko nga dati is that parang feeling ko before I get involved with PPTA, I still need to get a lot of credentials. Kasi nga parang ang mga kilala ko na PPTA members were, yun nga, sa Lamomche, sila sa Rediwan. So yung parang talagang ano na sila, marami na silang, ano ba, marami na silang na-achieve in life. Okay? Uh, right. But then later on, I found out na yung fear mo of if yung fear mo of not being enough to be involved is mm-hmm. something na ano ba something na insignificant kasi once you be involved with uh, with such uh with such activities you get to know more things about yourself mm-hmm. and surprisingly mo mapupush mo pa yung sarili mo, ma-open mo pa yung boundaries mo for a lot of things. So yeah. for physical therapists who are interested in going to uh, the pelvic floor physical therapy uh, uh, scene, what should they expect and what traits should they oh bring? Oh my, yeah, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, one thing, you really have to have an open mind because like what they said, with your assessment, um, you're going to do external assessment and internal assessment. Um, if you feel like you're not comfortable with that, um, you know, it might not be the area for you. Right. But we like what they said, you see it across the lifespan. You will see young people needing it, benefiting from pelvic floor, and you will see patients that are elderly patients. And they might be saying, you know what, I wear the pants or pad eight a day. And then at night, I have to wear one because mm. I can't go to bed without it. So um, it, it, you have to be patient because um, some of your patients might have chronic pain and or chronic condition. And this is the other thing I forgot to mention um, is that some patient might actually need to have surgery, you mm -hmm. know, but you you are not going to lose anything from coming to physical therapy because you're going to educate them. How can you strengthen your muscle before you have the surgery? Because your outcome will be much better after the surgery. You know, I mentioned earlier about the patient that have zero muscle testing. It's mm -hmm. like, I don't feel anything at all. Are you squeezing? And she's like, my patient will be like, yeah, I'm really working on it. But I cannot feel anything. You know, um, at the very least, you can teach them. I want you to try this at home. Do this exercise every day. 50 times a day, <laughs> um, but you are not going to lose anything from coming to physical therapy, even if you end up having to have surgery. So you have to be patient as well. Um, you have to be open-minded. And then um, you have to be fun because it can be sometimes you, you, you might feel like, oh, this is something like serious or something, but you know what? I, when I, whenever I'm treating my patients, we just sometimes it can be a sensitive area. You know, you respect that, but sometimes you just end up laughing because you're like, I can't believe you're teaching me this, you know, <laughs> you know, my husband doesn't even know about these things, <laughs> but yeah, just, just have fun with it as well and respect your patients. What do you suggest uh, should all all physical therapists uh, possess in order to succeed in their practice? You have to really um, have this thirst mm -hmm. for learning. Mm -hmm. There is so much to learn. And, you know, um, I've been practicing for 21 years, and I could tell you that the learning process is, is endless. There's always so much to learn. Even when I went to my um, doctor of physical therapy, I didn't realize, oh, my God, why am I back to school? I'm done with learning. I'm done with homework. I'm done with, you know, all these things. And there's just so much to learn. Mm -hmm. And um, because you know what? There's so much to offer to your patients. And the fulfillment, the feeling, the sense of fulfillment, once you're able to help, it's just just wonderful. It feels good. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. 
if you if you have that um, thirst for learning, just go for it. Because you want to be able to give back to your community. You know, I've been here for for many years, and um, it's just able to help them and tell them, yeah, I can do it. I can help you. I know how to do it. It's just that sense of fulfillment that you know that you can do something for your patient. So if, if for example, someone who's not really um, a sports person, like uh, actively playing sports, he can or she can, can be a good sports physical therapist. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. because um, uh, so in UP Physical Therapy Clinic, we actually have student interns. So we always tell them it, it's not automatic that you need to be an athlete to become a sports physical therapist. It's an advantage, definitely. Mm-hmm. But as long as you have interest in biomechanics, in sports, the, the, the main thing is you're interested with what's happening in that specific sport. So that could already give you a good advantage. Um, I don't know if they're still uh, thinking in the Philippines, uh, in the sports world, that uh, it's. Uh, uh, I'm I'm being careful because I don't want to sound sexist. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's primarily male dominated. Before sports, physical therapy would be mostly male were there any challenges or barriers that you faced when you started in in sports physical therapist uh sports physical therapy uh, being a female or was that already gone when you started your practice actually this is the reason why i said on a personal level i am very involved with ethical issues related Mm -hmm. to sports Mm -hmm. when i started so before i handled my own team I was the varsity PT of a university. But mm-hmm. we know it's different from being a PT of a specific team, right? Right. So, when I was applied, I was not actually applying. I was endorsed mm-hmm. to be the next PT of this specific team. Mm-hmm. But this is a men's team. Mm-hmm. Um, the coach was very straightforward. Even when I was already endorsed, he even at, he still asked for all my credentials and interviewed me regarding, you know, my choice of men, things like that, because he mentioned that he was afraid that I might end up becoming a physical therapist and getting into a relationship with one of the players. Because apparently, it still happens in the Philippines. So, I mean, you cannot blame them. It's not because they're being judgmental or they're being sexist, but because they have had experience also. But after that, so, and I was open about it because for sure it's happening. Because I hear stories about that with higher ups, like older people. So I did um, what he wanted me to do, and everything was okay. And from there on, all of the teams that I handled were men's teams. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually never handled the female team. Yeah, I'm my professional teams are all men's team, and I never had problems with that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a matter of you presenting yourself as a professional and making sure that 
they would not doubt you. I mean, you cannot blame them. Right. So there's still some um, convincing there. And yeah. you know, well, because of You need experience. to prove yourself. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. That's yes. something that male physical therapists wouldn't have to go mm. through. That's true. Definitely. Gotcha. So, um, well, coming from that experience and uh, also when we mentioned that having not not having a sports background can also uh would not be like a big uh thumbs down on you as a sports physical therapist what would you advise to everyone who would want to go into sports physical therapy who has doubts like that that i'm not into sports but i want to go there i'm I, i'm a female but some i'm afraid that there might be some views towards female physical therapists in sport, what would you advise uh, students or uh, our colleagues probably uh, who want to go into sports but has a lot of doubts? Um, this is more of an already given fact. Okay, but this would be my advice also. So if you read up on the Code of Ethics for Sports Physical Therapists, it states that if once you're once you are the sports physical therapist of the team, you're the only thing that you would focus on is the welfare of the athlete. Mm -hmm. You don't think about anything else. Now, if you would want to go into a team or if you want to be a sports physical therapist, you need to be ready that there will be times that you would forego about your own concerns. Sometimes you were at you need to make sure the athlete can play. You need to make sure that the athlete could perform, but you're not even sure if you're gonna get paid. Oh really? So that's a big challenge. Mm -hmm. Now if you are really focused on this specialization, uh, uh, the third is you need to transcend <laughs> more than yourself. Like more than your personal need, you need to make sure that you'd be able to handle the pressure outside of being a physical therapist. Also, you need to be open to a very dynamic uh, scenario, meaning the thing that you learned yesterday might be different today. Mm -hmm. Also, in the advent of social influencers, in the advent of um, media's athletes like you have posts of people claiming to be athletes but they're not athletes so they have lots of followers you need to be able to discern like you need to know which to follow and which not to follow because otherwise you it would be very difficult for you to process to do your clinical reasoning and sometimes you might even forget about clinical reasoning just because you saw a specific athlete performing this you think that's already good right so you need to make sure that you still have the most important part of being a physical therapist clinical reasoning mm -hmm. And there you have it. Thank you again for listening to another episode of PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast. Uh, if you haven't followed us in our social media, uh, PT Meal Podcast in Facebook and in Instagram. If you want to reach me, contact me, send me an email or DM, private message me. You can do it there. Email at ptmealpodcast at gmail.com. I would try to answer 
um, as fast as I can. And uh, stay tuned for another episode next uh, this coming weekend. Another um, look back to some conversation with our wonderful women, powerful women in physical therapy. And uh, stay tuned for the new season with new guests uh, after that. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. I hope you come back. See you again.